sisters, listen closely. Finding out he's the one can sometimes feel like traveling through a desert of uncertainty. I mean, every time you feel like you've reached an oasis, it ends up being a mirage. As your resident sister and friend, here are five common red flags that you need to steer clear away from. First up, if he's asking for your phone number straight off the bat, but not your dad's, well, that's a major red flag waving in your face. Next, if he's hitting you up with texts and calls late at night, you better believe he's not serious and chances are he won't respect your boundaries. Watch out for those put down disguised as sarcastic banters. You know, the ones that make you the butt of the joke. It's time to show him the door. And oh, if he's more interested in hearing himself talk than listening to what you have to say, girl, that's a sign you need to run in the opposite direction. And let's not forget the classic line, my ex was crazy. Yeah, right. If he's mouth-mouthing his ex left and right, chances are he's the one with the issues. And those are just the obvious red flags. Let's help you uncover what's really hiding underneath the surface with Vibe Check, the ultimate prompt card game for meaningful connections. Crafted with deep respect for Islamic traditions, Vitech goes beyond the surface, allowing you to discover the essence of your potential life partner's faith, character, and aspirations. With eight thoughtfully crafted categories and 135 thought-provoking questions, Vitech ensures a comprehensive understanding of your potential spouse, from values and ambitions to personal quirks and preferences. I mean, skip the surface-level discussions and dive straight into what truly matters. Visit our website, www.thedigitalstory.com now and take the first step towards finding your righteous partner. Your journey to marital bliss begins here. Content warning. This episode contains conversations regarding miscarriages, stillborns, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It is your girl Adar, and you're listening to the Digital Sisterhood Podcast. What an episode! I know hell a lot of y'all are mad because we turned to a two parter without letting y'all know. But let me tell you, okay, it had to be. It couldn't we couldn't rush the story. The story was too good. So last week's episode was kind of a mind blown one. We learned that Lima in her first marriage went through some stuff. Okay. She went through some stuff. Like she was robbed blindly, as she likes to say. She married a man that lied about what he was doing, who didn't support her, right? Um, that she caught doing things that he shouldn't, who on top of that, refused to give her her divorce. Like, where do they make this guy? <laughs> where do they make him, right? And on top of that, like, she she left that relationship like, I'm done. I'm re- going back to the original fitra, which is being a cat lady. So Lima was in that headspace like, nah, I'm, it's a wrap. I've, I've been through it. Uh, I'm just going to travel. But then life through her curveball right and she met the man of her dreams i mean he was handsome girl he was funny 
he was Islamic in a good way. But she just couldn't quite give in because, girl, the trauma is jumping. You get what I'm saying? That trauma is jumping. Although they were talking every day and they were vibing, she's like, nope, he's just going to be my friend. That is it. I am not giving myself in. But Malik, Malik was determined to bring those walls down. We talked every single day since we met that night in New Orleans. Every single day we talked. If you ask anybody that knows me, I do not like looking at my phone, especially texting or messaging or whatever. So you excited by him? It wasn't that. It was. It started from like a pure solely because he had a relationship. I I I had like people I was talking to, right? So I'm like, you know, like whatever. It's, it's a friend who lives in a city that I want to visit because at this time I'm traveling a lot. So we're just friends for the sole purpose of he wants to visit Toronto. So he wants, obviously you need to make friends when you travel of people wherever they live. And I'm like, oh, I want to go where he's at. Then he starts messaging me. He's like, hey, you know, I'm coming down for OVO Fest. I said, oh, that's fine. You know, whatever. He's like, I said, okay, cool, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Right? He said, I'm going to buy your ticket. I said, okay, cool, whatever, you know? We go to the concert, whatever. I go home. The next day, you know, I show him around the city, whatever. He looks at me and he says, I'm going to marry you one day. You're lying. Wallahi. So I'm going to marry you one day and you're going to have my children. I said, first of all, sir. What? Yeah. He and said you guys that had a, a straight platonic relationship. Just friendship. Like, like, we were really close. Like, we would tell each other about, like, the people that we're talking to. Like, he is hilarious. Like, that was, like, he was my best friend. Oh. Literally my best friend. But you never thought that it was a romantic relationship. No, I didn't think I was going to marry the man. Why? I just, I, w- I said hell no to marriage. Yeah, well, yeah, Look what I, I went through. I know, you went through hell and back. Look what so, I went through. But I have a question, because just for a visual experience, what does what did he look like? Was he tall? First of all, he he's going to get so mad when he hears <laughs> this. So he's light-skinned, tall with a beard. Ooh. I wasn't into light-skinned bad. guys. African-American on top of that? Hell to the no. <laughs> I've been down this road. I seen it. My life flashed before my eyes. But he was smooth because he has that Midwest twang that I, I was like, oh, it's and the LA And the LED light shoes. LED light shoes. So, and he was so smart. And I know that's he the one that captured your heart. What it does he was, and when I tell you, this man solely looked in my eyes. Right? Yeah. No, I was wearing a short dress, right? Yeah. Guys, uh, you know, I went to Umbra, you know. Like, <laughs> I changed my life now. <laughs> my life has changed, you know. So but back then you were, you were, you know. I was, you know. Hati tati, chillin'. Thank God. God, <laughs> God pulled his road, road back and was like, hey, ma'am, get it together. I'm guiding you this whole way, but get it together. Yeah. So I'm not thinking, I, like, am, he knew I don't want to get married. I don't want to have any kids. He knows that. I said that from the very beginning. Anyways, tells me he wants to, so he comes back again for Nuit Blanche. Literally right, he, August is, is uh, right here. And Nuit Blanche is always in October. September, October, right? Yeah. He said, I really love you. I said, sir, you only knew me for a year and some change, you know? What I realized though, when I sat back, I was like, I divorced that man. I started traveling. I would have never met this guy. Hmm. Had I not gone through what I went through. Right? Mm-hmm. But this time I was armed. I knew everything I didn't want. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Yeah, I know the things are important to me. You had your walls up. I had my walls all the way up, right? It was up and it was stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy waited for me. He waited for me. He waited five years. What? Five years. Five, f- he waited five years. I'm going to say four years for sure. I know four years for sure. Yeah. He waited four years for what? You to just to me to take him serious. Four years? Yeah. And he said, I'm I'm gonna prove it to you. Like he was like, Don't worry. Like Take your time. I, I'm a, I'm gonna get you. The beautiful part about Malik was he didn't do much talking. He did all action. He was up for the challenge, but he proved to her what he was about. Allah SWT allowed for things to happen in their relationship that allowed Lima to see Malik's character. It was almost as if, like, Allah knew, okay, Lima's going to need some convincing, right? She's going to need some convincing, and she needs to see him for what he is. And I literally was pushing him away. I was saying, like, you know, um, you should look for you should look for a wife, you know, someone who hasn't been married before, you know, because he has never been married. So I was like, oh, you should look for that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like I was just pushing him away. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, no, like, you know, you, I was I was I really cared about him as like a as like a human. And I was like, I don't care about people. What's going on here? <laughs> I'm a cat lady. When did yeah, change? I'm like, he had a cat. Is that what it takes? He did. <laughs> oh my God. He had a cat. Paired with your cat. When I tell you, like, me and him, like, our personality, our humor, our, you know, we just, we just, we just made sense. Mm-hmm. So I'd ask Allah, I'm like, Allah, please. Like, I, made a, I was making istakara. I didn't know how to pray istakara, but I knew the words to say, right? Mm-hmm. I said, Allah, you know, if this person is right for me, like, let them, like, remain in my life. If they're not, please remove them from my life. Mm-hmm. And then slowly, what happened to me was every possible, like, thing that would scare somebody away happened to me in the span of, like, two years. So I got diagnosed with, um, with um, generalized anxiety disorder. And I told him. And like that, that was my thing to further push him away. I was like, listen, this is what I was diagnosed with. Um, there's nothing I can do about it. Because it's, it's kind of like the, the worst anxiety to have. Because mine is physical. So I would end up in the hospital every time I would, I would have anxiety. Because I couldn't eat. I couldn't um, sleep. Just my whole body would shake. And I would make my sister take me to the hospital every single time. Because I needed to get IV. Because, like, my potassium levels would go so low. I had a panic attack, right? Mm-hmm. While he was here in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, this is the first time we're hanging out, okay? I don't even think, I wasn't, I don't know what caused it. Like, yeah. that's the thing, like, I didn't recognize it, mm-hmm. right? So, he takes me to the hospital. Get away. I went to the hospital twice. Wait. My sister went with me one of the times, and then he took me the second time. Okay? So this girl that he said that he wanted to marry, wants to have his kids, is sitting there with an IV drip while he's sitting next to me reading his comics. <laughs> and the crazy part that kills me is that he came to visit. You know, he's trying to get to, he's trying to have a fun time, but yeah. here he is at a hospital 
reading his comic book, looking at you while you're harboring Beth. <laughs> what there. I'm telling, so so anyway, like it's nothing for him. Like it's, it's, it's fine. Like he's like he's like listen, like everybody. This is what this is what he said. He said if you walk into a room, right? Yeah. At least fifty of those people have mental illness that they're taking medication for. Subhanallah. This doesn't change you in any way. You're you're still an amazing person. This is this is not a weakness, you know. Wow. I look at him. I said, hmm. Mm. So I'm like. Whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, this guy has seen me like be goofy. He's seen me fall down some stairs. Like no, when he, he came not. to visit. Wallahi. How far was the fall? You know, okay, so you know St. Phillips? Yeah. You know when you walk up those stairs? It's like at the top of the ice rink. I, I, I was trying to give him a view of like the Toronto sign, right? Mm-hmm. When I was coming down those stairs, why not? <laughs> I fell. <laughs> My sandal. <laughs> I was you went do 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 Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm very clumsy. And he saw you fall. He laughed. I said, whatever. <laughs> like, I was so comfortable by being me around him yeah. because he gave me that comfortability, right? This person loves me so much, and I don't know why. You know, he's praying for me. You know, he's asking a lot. He's asking a lot for me to get closer to him. Aww. Like, what person like is so <laughs> selfless that they pray for somebody else? Yeah, subhanAllah. You know what I mean? I just was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm like, pray for yourself, brother. Like, leave me alone. Like, let me. I got my I got my mama praying for me. I got my sister praying for me. I don't need you. Know? No, it's the highest form of love. When that's somebody how, when that, somebody has you in their private duas. That's the part that I realized. I was like, this man loves me so much that you know when you're praying i'm asking for jannah like you know and he's (laughs) i'm asking for jannah for those like you know i'm like i'm trying to get there myself and he's asking for you and he's asking for allah to guide me you know what it reminds me of when adam asked for hawa (sighs) oh girl i'm gonna i'm gonna get emotional don't do this to me no sorry i'm just continue don't do that No, it's, it's I'm a beautiful. thug. <laughs> it's beautiful, but continue. Um, and then <laughs> that's the part that's this is this is like so this is a year before Imra. I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome because I realized I wasn't getting my period. So my period was always irregular, and I was just like, okay, you know, it's irregular, things like that. I got diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and so basically what polycystic ovarian syndrome is it's it's like an endocrine it's a hormonal um disease but it affects like there's four types there's there's people there so the one that i have is the people who are insulin resistant affects my kidneys um it affects my heart so people end up having like you know issues with diabetes issues with their kidneys issues with their heart things like that so and it also affects your fertility so from then I knew I was like okay I was thinking about I was thinking about my husband and I was like I was talking to God I said Allah if you give me a son that was just like him and how he's so amazing to his mom's not Muslim but he is the best son to his mother like I don't even see like other people be that amazing and be that kind with their mother like even when she's like yelling at him 
He doesn't say anything. He just looks on the ground and just doesn't say anything. Like, and he, he, oh my God. He always think, like, the reason why I met him was because he was taking his mom on a trip for her birthday. And he does that every year. Mm-hmm. And that's why I met him. So I met him being like a pious son, pretty <laughs> much. So if that didn't give things away, I, I was, you know, sorry. Yeah. Anyways, so I had to tell him, hey, you know, I have I have a mental illness. That's not going to scare you away, is it? But I also have... If, if not the, the, the divorce Allah, and the... <laughs> the divorce, the, the trust issues, the, the trust issues, the, you know, the, the mental illness, the PCOS. And it's like everything that he needed to be tested with was coming at him full force. Like, I just felt like Allah was like showing me all of these difficult things so that a, I would get closer to Allah and B, that I would see, okay, this man is meant for you. You asked me, what was your, what was the purpose? You asked me, like you made istikara. This is what, this is the person for you. SubhanAllah. You know? So he went through all of that. And then on top of that, a year before Umrah, my tear ducts, uh, I had an issue with my tear ducts. Mm-hmm. And basically I had to have surgery because they basically closed up. Mm-hmm. So I had to have surgery in order to um, open them back up, basically. And when I tell you I couldn't see, I couldn't see. Like, I already can't see out of my left eye. So, and, and this happened to my right eye. And I was just, I was beyond devastated. I was just like, I'm like, I'm coming to this man broken. SubhanAllah. In more ways than I'm emotionally broken, physically broken down, mentally broken down. Like, you know, why why would he ever want to be with me? Still, he was patient. Lima had this really incredible relationship with her sister. Her sister was her backbone, her everything. And when she was going through some of her most difficult moments, her sister was always there. Um, and interesting enough, a correlation that she's come to realize is that her sister, you know, and Malik were actually quite very similar. They showed up when they said they were going to show up. They supported her and they were just unwavering about where they stood with her. And that became kind of a moment, a light ball in her head. She was like, oh my God, he is what my sister is to me. And that maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me my sister in a male version. When I say she is everything, like when I went to Umrah, I prayed for her more than I prayed for myself. I asked Jannah for her more than myself because the way that she was there for me, when I was going through my mental illness, when I was going through being diagnosed with PCOS, and when she would see people because I gained weight because that's part of the disease, and most of the weight was in my stomach, and people would ask, are you pregnant? And I'm just like, <sighs> she was there for me. She, she, she was my seeing eye person. Like She struggled with me. She was in hospitals for all night sitting on an uncomfortable chair. So it was just, it was a very difficult time in my life. I couldn't see. I got, I got my surgery. I was able to see afterwards. 
it was a very difficult surgery. I, I, surgery on your face is never, I never say get surgery on your face. This is the most painful experience ever. And then the next year, my mom gifts me Umrah. She's like, you know, I gave all my children uh, Umrah, you know, I'm a, this is your gift. And I wanted to refuse that gift. Can you believe that? Because I was like, okay, you know, that that perfection came back up again. So I go to Umrah. He he pushes me. He's like, you know, it's a once in a lifetime experience. There's people in this world who are saving every single penny. There's people that travel. There's people that, you know, that do all of these things just so that they could go to um, Umrah or just so that they could be the guest of Allah, right? So I go there. I go with my sister. I said, Alhamdulillah, that's like, that's my safety. My safety blanket is right there. Medina I fell in love with. Medina is something that everybody on this earth has to experience. I did not want to leave. I wanted to cut up my my passport and be like, that's it, y'all can leave. (laughs) I'm good. That's how much I loved Medina. I loved, I knew this is somewhere I needed to be for the rest of my life. I have to tell you, people who've been to Medina have tried that before. But I was trying to say, I said, I don't care if I live on the street. I will live on the street, no problem. Let me just let me just be in Medina for the rest of my life, you know. So and then I'll say this about my 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 Umrah trip changed my my whole life. And um, when I was doing Safa Marwa, oh my God, my feet were getting cut up. I was like, I can't believe Prophet um, Ibrahim's wife was walking back and forth from mountain to mountain. Like, I couldn't feel my feet. My sister was carrying me through. I told her, I was telling her, no, I can't do this. Like, this is too much. Like, I'll never complain about anything being too difficult because this, this is difficult. Like, this is humbling. Like, I can't, this is way too humbling. She carried me. She was telling me everything I needed to say, like, all the things that I needed to recite. Like, without her, like, whew. Like, I just pray pray to, like, I just pray to Allah. Like, I'm so happy to be blessed with such an amazing little sister. After I come back from Umrah, I get married. Finally realized, like, so him praying for me, him doing all of these things for me, I really realized, okay, this is a person I'm meant to spend the rest of my life with. Because I've just never experienced this type of love. It's just the, the things that I don't think about that he does. Like, I don't think about certain things like, you know, if I, if I tell him one thing, the sky will just turn around and then be like, oh, yeah, you know, you remember you said this here. This is, this is you know, whatever I was thinking about. And I'm like, why is this, like, what's wrong with you, sir? <laughs> like, why are you so good, you know? And then I realized, I remember I was up, you know, I was thinking and I was telling him, I said, honestly, had I not gone through the experience, the experience that I went through, all of the experience, like my 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 marriage, my failed marriage, my my health issues, that I cannot believe he stuck stuck by me through, and he wasn't even married to me, but he still was there and saying like, you know, I'm making dua for you, I'm praying for you, I'm doing these things for you. I was just floored by it. Wait, I, I have a question. Yeah, when he said, "I'm gonna marry you after." Like, after you're going to go to Umrah and I'm going to marry you after. Did you, you say yes? Okay. Yeah, I said yes. You said no questions asked. You said no yes. questions asked. 
there was no questions in my in my body to or my soul to ask him because this man has been there while I've been blind <laughs> mental illness polycystic ovarian syndrome there's a chance that I might not be able to give this man some beautiful babies you and, know and he still wants you he was like it's okay like you know um when I told him like hey I finally was like I swear I, he he planted something where I was just like <laughs> You know, if I have a son that's just like him, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, my son would be such an amazing human being. You would love me so much. You know, he's such a good person. Mm. I wouldn't. I would not. Like, so it's you the didn't fact hesitate. That, you didn't hesitate. No, it's the fact that I already could see the qualities of how great of a father he would be, just based off of how amazing he is as a person. That I would never be mad if my if my son had the same personality as him or grew up to be just like him. Mm-hmm. Because the way that he is with his, with his, with his mother, how patient he is with his father, how patient he is. Even when people who have done him wrong, he has forgiven them. And I, and in, in situations where I could not possibly forgive a person, I mm. literally was like, I don't know what is wrong with you. I don't know how you saw you are so <laughs> forgiving. He's very forgiving, and that's something I'm working on. Subhanallah. Because I, like, that's something I'm working on in therapy right now is to forgive. Mm-hmm. because it's just easy to just cut people off instead of forgiving them because <laughs> forgiveness takes work right yeah it's easy to torch on people and just move on and cut them you know the cut game is strong yeah but um forgiving people is better did you have a wedding ma'am did you have a wedding no okay so covid kind of destroyed our wedding we're supposed to have a wedding overseas oh my god so you got just you just got married yeah like two years ago oh 2020 when the whole thing started yeah got wow. other plans because I, I I don't like because I, I don't like being the center of attention. I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to have a wedding. I feel like, you know, if you do a that has more than enough. But it's the fact that I was willing to give him that yeah. I was willing to to uh, put on a white dress. You do things for love. And and that's interesting because, like, in your last wedding, you didn't do want to do anything. And you were like, okay, I just want to do this for marriage and just, like, do it on the right foot. But here you are, you know, doing the highest. Give whatever he wanted. Whatever he wanted. Whatever that man asked, I was like, yeah, sure, let's do this. It kind of reminds me of when people experience uh, a second love, right? Mm-hmm. The first, like, for, uh, this is a popular person that people will probably understand what I mean. For example, do you know the um, co-host Jeannie Mai? Oh, Jeannie Mai, my story is like basically the same, same. right? And she yeah. talked about it in her first marriage. She didn't want children. Mm-mm. And so now she's pregnant. And she talks about how her second love, like her second marriage, inspired her to have the want the, to want to have the things that she thought she didn't. That's why because I she said never say never. Yeah, because that she's and she, the way that she described it was that that love inspired her to want more, <sighs> and 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 she said that was an indicator of good love. And I was like, that's deep. That's deep. I was like, so how many of us are like you know? And 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 like right now there are women who who are divorced right now yeah we're getting divorced at this very moment and they're thinking that's it you know like this is it for me it didn't work out i probably am not good at love you know Honestly, what i'm saying that's why i tell um a lot of people that i talk to that have been divorced mm-hmm. they always say i'm in the it couldn't work or it didn't work club mm-hmm. or it failed club and i always tell them about my story where i say like you know it's not the end 
Even something that you don't want, even if you don't want a relationship or those things, like never say never because the amount of love that I've experienced, I don't even think I knew love before I met before him. Subhanallah. You know? And the fact that I'm sitting here talking about him, I would never do this. So I say never say never. Never say I'm out here, you know, talking about him, putting him like on a on a pedestal. And, you know, it's it's because of him that I recognize what not only what love is, but what healthy love is. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like the person I was before, my temperament, you know, how I handle things, you know, I had zero patience. But he but I learned sabr through him. And that's the biggest things that I well I learned sabr through Imran to be honest because you need to pack like <laughs> three four three four suitcases of sabr. <laughs> I'm and not joking. No, Imran is not joking. And people think it's gonna be easy. It's not. You get mm -hmm. uh, you go through it in Umrah mm -hmm. and hatch. It's it's a test. Actually, Ooh, there's so yeah. many times I was like because like to me I'm I'm quick tempered. Yeah. But the way I like people would butt me in line and I'm like you know what they Allah they probably need it more than me. That's yeah. why they they went in front of me. You know, but I asked Allah, I said, Allah, please make this easy for me. So when people were saying like, oh, this is a different weather, like usually it's not like this. I enjoyed the weather, you know, and I was wearing hijab the whole time I was there. I was wearing shukal the whole time I was there. I asked Allah to make it very easy for me. And I started to realize everything was, was, was because, except for Safa Marwa, <laughs> because my start to carry me. <laughs> I really need to say that again. Like yeah. when she came back, her feet were purple. Like, her feet were swollen. She gave me her extra socks. Because my sister went to Umrah before, my little sister. Mm -hmm. So she knew what was ahead of me. Like, the things that we go through in this Western world is so minuscule. You know? Compared to Prophet Ibrahim, السلام, when his wife was walking back and forth. Yeah, doing stuff in Trying looking. to feed, you yeah. know, trying to... To, she just wanted to feed her child. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, she was freaking out because her baby was crying and after, crying. Yeah. After one lap, I was done. I said, "Well, lie. This is this is awesome. Next level type pain." But you know, you know, like the fear of a mom gives that kind of energy. Yes. Like when you have a child sure. and you're child screaming, you get this type of strength that you don't know where you found, and mm -hmm. and all you can think about is how do I provide relief for my child? And so, it, although it was hard for us, but for her, the cost was bigger. So like, yeah. she couldn't feel like you know, like the exhaustion. She just felt fear. Like, how do I help my child? How do I help my child? Subhanallah. The love of a mother, wallahi. Yes. It's just, it's you know, what moms do is is is. New moms, like, a shout-out to you guys. And old moms are shout, heroes. You're actual heroes. So tell me about your journey in trying to be a mom. Whew. This is, where the most, this is where all the tears was backed up for. <laughs> tears in my eyes. Um, so, um, so we wanted children. We knew, like, okay, maybe not in the in the first year, but, you know, you can't plan those things, right? You try to plan, but Allah is the best, best planner. So we were like, okay, well, I'm going to freeze my eggs. Went through the process. I, needles in my stomach, doing IVF. Because I knew, like, we talked to my OBGYN or OB, whatever. And we had a fer fertility doctor. And they said that, you know, it's not, and it's, it's basically almost impossible for you to conceive naturally. Without basically the help of doing in vitro, Right. So I froze my eggs and I was like, you know what? Um, 
because some of them don't don't survive the thawing process so one thing that i don't know if people say it but every stage of ivf when it goes from freezing your eggs and then uh fertilizing your eggs and then making and then making embryo well fertilizing is making embryos but making embryos they don't tell you that all the eggs don't survive through all these processes so there's eggs that don't survive the thawing process because they freeze them right um there's eggs that don't survive like there's something that might like 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 chromosomes or certain things that might be wrong with your embryos and you also know the gender of your embryos so so there's some of them where they know if they put that embryo inside of you it doesn't have a high chance of surviving so you know we're going through our IVF journey and then I find out I'm pregnant yeah I find out I was pregnant and I'm like wait what and I'm not so I never got my period on time like I have PCOS so I was I wasn't getting my period I went like a whole year without getting my period So how did you find out just a random like just what I went to the OB just doing a random uh like I was gonna go through the process of making embryos and then I found out I was pregnant she checked your blood yeah they're like and they do an ultrasound too, so they're like, "Wait, what? There's a whole human being no, in here, girl. You pregnant already?" <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was, um, I believe I was like three months at the time. So we're here, we're excited, like you know, we're. I'm like, "What? I'm pregnant!" Like I was like, "Alhamdulillah!" Like you know, I I never thought I would be able to conceive naturally. So you know, and this time I was I was, and uh, I was living in. Uh, the Midwest. So I was in America at this time with my husband. Um, so I'm just saying, like, okay, like, what? like, how did I not know I was pregnant? Like oh the whole God. time I was like, but they're like, you know, blah 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 blah, whatever doctors say. Yeah. So I'm going to like my. I remember we went to uh, our 18 week appointment. I think it was 18 weeks or like oh my 20 God. weeks. Yeah. We find out the gender. Oh my God! What was it? It was a boy. A boy? Yeah. Allahu Akbar. So at my 20 week appointment, they're like, yeah, he's, he's healthy. You know, you see his little partner there. So like, oh, it's a boy. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, yeah, he's healthy. You know, his heart is strong and you know, everything is great. And I'm just like, wow, alhamdulillah. Like alhamdulillah. we were like, and I named him Imran. Oh, why because Imran? Because I believe Imran means strength and prosperity. Mm-hmm. And for me to, to go through everything that I went through, I just remember my strength. Mm. And I'm like, I want this to be his name. Also, at that time, I was like, Imran also means pillar. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I love the name. I wanted Ihsan, mm-hmm. but then I was scared that he wouldn't live up to his name. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to give him a name he couldn't live up to. Yeah. And Ihsan means like... Excellence. Excellence. Yeah. Right? So I said, I'm gonna, so I'm like, Imran, that's a beautiful name. And I would, fe- I would feel him. And it was just like this out of, like, it was just an experience that I was so new to me. Lima had naturally conceived her first child. Even after all of the IVF and all of the help, she did that on her own. She finally got the boy that she's always wanted. The boy that she's dreamed of every time she looks at her husband and says, wow, like I want a son just like you. But then one morning she woke up and everything, 
everything started crashing down. So I end up like, I don't, I remember what week this was or whatever it was. I'm, I'm sleeping and then I start feeling like, sorry, I start feeling like I was bleeding. And I remember throughout that pregnancy, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm. You know, I was just waiting. I was like, okay, like, this there's is- no way. Like, how could I conceive naturally? They said it was impossible. It was me. impossible. It's too good to be true. It was way too good to be true. So I, I was I was basically holding my breath. SubhanAllah. But then when they told me, oh, he's healthy, his heart is strong, you know, everything looks good. And I was in my second trimester. I was like, whew. You were hopeful. I was like, okay. I'm, you know, and I'm I, good. I, it's a boy and, you know, like we're happy and like, you know, this is what we, the, like, it was just a beautiful experience. I would feel him moving, you know, and I was just like, this is just like, uh, like the amount of love I had for, for a child that I didn't even lay my eyes on was a part that I just couldn't, like, it was just like, I couldn't fathom it. I was like, this little human being, the way that I love him so much. And I have not even met him yet. So I'm laying in bed. I start bleeding. And I remember them saying, like, spotting here and there is okay. Like, it happens. But something just, something inside of me just didn't feel right. Because I didn't feel, I wasn't feeling him moving all too much that day before going to bed. I'm like, hmm. You know? And they always tell you, like, know the pattern. Like, when your baby's in your belly... They always tell you, know, know the baby's pattern. So that's something like every time he moved, I was like, whoo, sigh of relief, you know? So I, I was bleeding and I was just like, okay, something. So I, I like, my husband's a late sleeper. So I look at him, I'm like, I'm bleeding. He's like, okay, let's go. I said, excuse me, sir. I'm like, this, it could be nothing, you know? He's like, yeah, but you were saying throughout the day, you could have feel him moving. And you know, I, 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 something just doesn't feel right. And I was like, yeah, me too. Something just doesn't feel right. Like I, I was like panicking. I was having a panic attack. I was like, please, God, like, not my baby. Not the son that I wanted. (sighs) Like, I was like, I would have given anything in that moment. Anything. I would have given up myself. And I was just like, please, not my baby. Not, not, not like the fact that he's a miracle. So I get to the hospital and they do the ultrasound. And I could tell by the lady's face because I didn't want to look. I didn't want to look. I could just tell by her face and how like she just, I just knew. She's like, sorry, but to inform me, but your baby's heart stopped. Like we can't find a heartbeat. And there was just so matter of fact about it. I was just like, check again. There's no way. They're like, I'm like, check again. There's no way. I'm like, he was just healthy. You guys told me his heart is strong. You guys were telling me everything is good. He's developing the way that he should be. Why? And she was like, this is just something that happens. And they were saying, among black women, it's, it's the most common. 
for us to have stillbirth. So she she was very like she she was like telling me, "Oh yeah, you're black. This is normal in your community." Like somehow that's supposed to be acceptable. Yeah, it's like giving me statistics is supposed to help me. Not for a baby that you know. I found out his gender. I named him. I envisioned him. I dreamed about him. I felt him. I loved him. So then they told me they're like, okay, so you have two options. You can wait till your body recognizes that there's no baby in there no more, and it goes through the natural process of of labor, or we can induce you. I remember looking at my husband just devastated. Devastated. I felt like this is something that should be easy. There's all these people that have all these babies. You know, there's people who have babies on accident. Or, you know, my baby wasn't planned. Or whatever the case may be. And I'm thinking, this is something so easy. Why can't I do this for him? Why can't I do this for myself? Because now I know the love. You've tasted it. I taste. That's what I was gonna say. I tasted the love. I said, "Not my son." So I was like, "Just, just induce me." And it was such a cold process. You go through the process of giving birth to a baby that you will never know, to a baby that you will never hold, to a baby that you will never see get older take their first steps or say their say their first words to a baby that will never hug you and then they ask you do you want to hold your dead baby i said no because i just couldn't i just knew like i i cannot look i can't look they asked me, "Do you do you wanna do you wanna do an aut- uh, autopsy to figure out what is exactly wrong with the baby?" I said, "Can you guys leave me alone? Like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to look at anybody. Just leave me alone." And to make matters worse, I started hemorrhaging. So my husband had to sit there. And not only lose his son, but also had to sit there with the possibility of almost losing his wife. <sighs> By the grace of Allah, like, I, I was able to get through it. And then I remember my husband saying to me, like, you know, we'll, we'll meet him again in Jannah, inshallah. The way that he went through this with me. And he was, st- I know he was staying strong for me because it's like, and it sucks because I feel like we don't allow men that space to cry or that space to, you know, break down and, you know, feel the things out there. I feel like I'm pretty, because I, I knew he, I knew he was feeling what he was feeling because when I would, when I would turn around to, to, to try to sleep, I would hear him, I'd hear him cry. And I just... It just tore me to pieces. Like, I just... I just 
was like, I just want to have my baby. That's it. But alhamdulillah, like he he was always telling me like, we're gonna we're gonna see him again, inshallah. We're gonna see him again, inshallah. We're gonna see him again. Don't worry. Like he just always told me we have options, right? We have options. I just don't want to lose you, is what he was saying. Because I feel like with men, they're very... They don't go through the process, right? They don't go through the the feelings in their belly. They don't go through that, like, that bonding experience that you have within your body. So for him, his main concern... He was, of course, sad that he lost his son. But his main concern was, I don't want to lose my wife, too, in the process. So he's talked about adoption. We talked about, you know other ways that you know we could have a child and this is not the end so after a while like after I would say like after a year I was like okay I'm ready to start the IVF process and then I was like I felt very alone in the process because I didn't know any of the sisters that were going through IVF and it's like I'm a part of the support group, you know, for my PCOS. But I had nobody to talk to. Like when I, I had to, you know, because the, the process of the hormones and what they do to your, the, just how you feel and like, you know, like when you, when you go through like the hormone process and like you're done that part and then you retrieve the eggs and everything the you feel such a low and I don't know if this is for every everybody experiences but I felt very low I feel like losing my son made me very cold it really did and it took me I'm still I'm still grieving and going through it but I want to know like I wanted to say, like, any sister who's going through IVF, any sister who's who's had a, a stillborn, like, you're not alone. Like, I feel like us as black women, we're, it's always pushed that, you know, we're baby makers. Like, we, mm-hmm. we have, like, wide hips because we make, we can make babies and all mm-hmm. of these things. Mm-hmm. And I always, I always encourage sisters, please know your body. Know your menstrual cycles. Know... Just know your body before you, before, you know, you before it's too late. Just know your body, know, know the patterns of your body. Like, so when something is off, if something isn't right, you'll know it. Mm-hmm. Instead of waiting for a doctor yeah, to confirm it, you know, all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it's cold. Yeah. Sometimes they, they miss, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So now I have, um. I didn't want to freeze my eggs because I was like, okay, I don't want them to go through the thawing process. So I have embryos now. Mm. Yeah, I have more boys than girls. So I don't oh, know if that's sure. like a... Sounds like, it sounds <laughs> like Allah's preparing you to get that son. You get me. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm in the... I'm happy. I'm ha- like, I... T- I don't know if I could have made it without my sister. Yeah. <laughs> my sister and my cats. My <laughs> <laughs> sister and cats and your husband. Yes. Well, Alhamdulillah. My mother too. Like Your mom as well. Yeah. Like, so, you know, now we have embryos and now we're, you know, we're getting ready to start the process all like, over again. Yeah. 
Make dua for me, guys. No, may <laughs> Allah grant you the son that you've always wanted, Amen. the daughter you always wanted. Yes. May Allah make them healthy. Amen. May Allah make them examples for this ummah. May Allah make them pillars of this deen, leaders of this deen. May Allah Taala allow you, allow you to see them, and may they be the coolness of your eyes. Trying to make me cry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm just making dua that I know TDS would want me to make dua for you. So it's I know they're all listening and they're saying Amin, Amin, Amin. You know, here we just we do collective to us, and I know my listeners are saying Amin after. I promised I would not cry. I know, I know you promised, but let me tell you, it's our brand. There's no way running from it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, I wish we were talking about more. You know just maybe lighthearted things but we talk about real life yeah. and oftentimes you know our Good. guests are reflecting about their own and so that's a journey and that's an experience and there's realness there yeah. real emotions and so no, I, it is messy it is and it's not always linear you know mm-hmm. it's a whole journey man so 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 like just to wrap it up right now you're on your journey right that's what you're doing right now I'm on my yeah I'm on my IVF journey currently yeah so I'm going through that process. <laughs> you're going to win it. I know it. I know it. I know it. You're going to be back here again telling us you had your baby. And I'm, I'm going to make sure my baby cries in the microphone. <laughs> but Jonathan. Uh, we invite it. We invite it here. We love crying people. You know, this is where this is where you thrive. This is like this. Honestly, this is very therapeutic. I realized things about my past that I never paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Um just the traumas that we go through and we don't understand mm-hmm. but like after this here like oprah no, reminding no, you now how did you feel about that <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. cry no. <laughs> which i don't say but no um what i Ooh. learned listening to you is this this is what i've learned can i tell you what i've learned yes i've learned that true love is possible for all of us yes um, I believe uh, I learned that our mistakes don't define us. They're portals of discovery. They're portals of discovery. Mm-hmm. I learned that you're if you get divorced the first time, it doesn't mean you can't get find love the second time. Which I also want to point out for those who might be experienced right now mm-hmm. that Khadija radiallahu anha yes got her true love story in her third marriage yeah that's why i say it doesn't matter if it's a third fourth yeah i'm trying to keep trying i'm just trying to tell y'all you know she had that love story that we all know about and that was her third so i mean i mean um and i learned that you know self-love is a journey oh and that how we love ourselves and how well we love ourselves ultimately reflect and how we take in day-to-day struggles of yes. living in this dunya yes. because this dunya is just here to test us perpetually and they these 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 trials are not a reflection if you deserved it or if this is like who you are it's not true um and i'm just i'm so touched by your experience even you know experiencing loss you know, and many women do not speak about those things for a very long time. It still is very taboo. Um, and it, it's women are encouraged to stay hidden with with that pain. Yeah. And we don't have to do that. We don't have to. Matter of fact, we can share with each other. Yes. And 
we can collectively heal create a circle sisters yeah absolutely collectively heal be vulnerable be open if this podcast has taught you anything this thus far Oof. is that women like each other as in oma we are enough for each other yes we are enough you don't have to walk alone you don't have to feel down alone you don't have to do anything alone if you just need to be able to allow others to show up for you allow you know let that let let people be there you know and and if let's say that you're struggling to find people there just know that like they're out there for you to find yes. and yeah and i just i am i'm so excited for this journey for you i'm extremely hopeful i asked the tds family to keep her keep our beloved guest lima in your du'as please <laughs> keep her in your du'as. Keep her husband in your du'as. Keep her family in your du'as. Um, keep all of the sisters who are struggling alike in this way in their du'as. Keep keep them in your du'as. May Allah give everyone babies. Yes, babies for everybody. <laughs> May Allah give everyone babies. I, I do want to say that, you know, if you if you are a woman mm-hmm. who you know you don't see yourself having babies, that's completely fine. That's too. fine. That's fine. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like one thing. Like, I, I, there's a quote that says um, negative feelings are like nocturnal animals. Mm. They dwell in the darkest of places. Mm. So whenever you are, whatever you have, are, whenever you are having like a negative feeling or, you know, things like that, just remember that Allah has, Allah is the best planner. Mm. And he has a plan for all of us. Mm. You know? He's the best writer. Yes. He writes all of our love stories. Yes. He's the author of all of them. And they're all so beautiful. You know, and so, you know, romanticize your life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Love yourself. Date you. Love you. you. Yes. And travel. And travel. And get to know Allah (laughs) subhanahu wa ta'ala, bro. Yes. That's the most important. The best kind of companion. So you're probably wondering, Adar, what's the happy story here? Right. We heard this incredible love story and then we heard these these great people be tested this way and they're not with a child yet. The, the, the point of the story is, is that what is real and what is for certain is that we're all going to be tested. Every single one of us, whether that's with our wealth, with our families, with our children with our spouses right we're all going to be tested but lima's story reminds me of the promise that allah makes when he says when two people get married he he, he gives them or he he allows them to experience lima's relationship with her husband her story is a mirror of that that despite all of the things that they experienced that they live in this tranquil bubble where they can weather any storm that comes their way. And that is the beauty of this story, is that two people can love each other for Allah's sake and weather the storm together. It's not the story, it's not the, the, the hardship that's the main character here. It's the love that we continue to see emulate through this story. The mercy I continuously hear from Lima and when she talks about her husband, and what she, alhamdulillah, is able to, to to hold on to. And I think that's beautiful. I think we're all in pursuit of that. 
right? When Adam Ali Salam, like we mentioned, was in Jannah and he, you know, it wasn't enough. He needed he needed Hawa. And that wasn't good, right? Now imagine when things are like dark and gloomy, right? We 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 need a partner to weather that storm, whether that be obviously your romantic partners or your family or your best friend or your alien, as Lima says, whoever that may be, be open to it, accept it, welcome it, and recognize it for what it is. A blessing from Allah. So the question is, how did I know she was the one? It's easy. When I met her and she fell on them stairs and she looked up at me at that 90 degree angle, I knew it from that moment. She needed my help for the rest of her life and she knows that. Ask her, she knows. So you guys, Vibe Check, you already know, Vibe Check is officially gone into production. I cannot believe it. That TDS's first idea, his first project went into actual production. That's wild. That over seven countries, three continents have purchased this game literally keeps me up at night. <laughs> literally keeps me up at night. That blows my mind. And I mean, so like as 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 a team, all of us were super excited to get this product to you guys. Um, and obviously, we'll keep you guys updated on Instagram and all of that, inshallah, to let you know how that's coming along. Um, I just want to tell everyone, thank you, Jazakallah Khair, Barakallah Fiq, for purchasing Vicheck, for supporting day in and day out. I don't know what would what we what would we be without y'all. TDS is is as us is all of us, and every day we prove to the world how valuable and important we all are, and I love you guys for it. This episode is brought to you by Beautiful Light Studios. I love to give a shout out to my bestie, okay, my alien, my sister in crime. We don't commit no crimes, but my sister in Islam, Murshid Umar, Murshid Umar. I love you, sis. I also love to give a shout out to my good sis from all the way in Minneapolis, Sima. That digital art is killing it, sis. Jazakallah khair. You are the most talented person I know. And I, yeah, that's all I got. Oh, by the way, guys, if you're interested in supporting TDS, join our Patreon. We got a solid group of people that um, donate to us every month. And wallahi, we make dua for them. And may Allah accept their sadaqa jariya for anybody that gets closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of your sadaqa. May Allah accept it to you, accept it for you, and may it be a heavy weight on your mizan. So if you're interested in joining a Patreon, don't be shy, girl or guy. Join a Patreon. And yeah, I will see you guys next week in your ear, in your speaker, telling you a good story. <laughs>